Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, we're in Parshas Noyach. Last week, we talked about Pasuk Yud Aleph. And the earth became corrupted slash destroyed before God, and the earth was filled with chamas, with theft. What does it mean? This is the diagnosis or the description of the symptoms of what was going on in the land that leads to the Mabel. And the last week we talked about this, of course, as you recall, there was already a description of the degeneration of the time in the end of Parshas Bereshis, where it describes things with some other descriptions, with some greater specificity, one might say, about the sons of Elohim seeing the daughters of man, that they were nice, that they were good, and they took whatever women they chose, an implication of immorality and implication of theft and lack of respect of other people's space and other people's property. Here we have this more general descriptive that the earth was destroyed slash corrupted before Elohim and the earth became filled with Hamas. So last week we talked about the phraseology, how the world became corrupted before God, what exactly that means. We saw different interpretations uh, even Ezra had a couple of interpretations which were reflecting two opinions which were found in the Zohar HaKadosh. Does it mean that they sinned in a way where it was uh, where it was in God's face, that it was something which was brazen? Does it mean that it was, they were sinning only before God? They were sinning, sinning in a hidden way so that only God would know, you know, trying to hide it. And uh, in that way, but hiding from man, thinking that they were accomplishing something, but of course God was aware. But ultimately, and this was one interpretation which we found, the Zohar could have said, they may have tried to just keep it privately, but ultimately it came out. These kinds of things, these kinds of failures, this kind of corruption cannot remain under wraps. We saw another interpretation an interpretation of the Radak, which rang, I mean, there were other, I'm not going over everything which we said, but the, the way the Radak saw it was that God saw the destruction of the world. And this is really a description not of the type of chet, the type of sin they did, or the posture of the sin, but it's a, it's a description of God getting involved, of God's hashkocha, of God's providence, his divine providence, because after all, uh, what's going to come afterwards is, and God saw the land, that it was corrupt or destroyed, and God said to Noach, the end of all flesh is coming before me. So we're describing how Hashem is observing what's happening and moving into a mode of action as a result of what's happening. And that's what it means, that the earth was destroyed before God. Very, very glott, very smooth and direct interpretation. And finally, we also saw another interpretation on a different level, which was found in the writings of the Rikhanati, a mystic, mystical interpretation, that what became destroyed was the Oretz Lifneho Elohim, the land which is before God, meaning that the earth, besides what we see in terms of the technical mechanics of the material world, but there's a spiritual world that is extremely, extremely sublime and which lies behind, which is the heart and soul of this world. And many of the things which we do, really their impact is first and foremost on that spiritual world, on that spiritual framework, which then trickles down and impacts the world the way we have it. Our world has a soul behind it. And it was the corruption, the terrible actions of the Dar HaMabul that destroyed the, the world before God, the world which is the essence, the soul of this universe, which would ultimately lead to the destruction down here, which uh, moved us into a second uh, sort of phase of discussion, and that was the remarkable choice of words that the Torah uses here. As we noted when we were speaking about this, we said that that term could be translated as corruption slash destruction. 
Corruption implies something sublime. Destruction implies something very, very blatant. And the Torah chooses to use the same term, the same verb for them both to say, because in other words, he says the earth was, was corrupted, and then it says, Hashem says, I have to have in mashchisam, behold, I have to destroy them. And the fact that he uses the term corruption slash destruction for what was already in place implies that the world was to some degree a train wreck. It was already on the pathway to destruction before God even listed, lifted a finger, so to speak. And that's what we explained. You know, the Svarna uses this language it could be said on a mystical level as well, it could be said on a materialistic level. As we had with the Rikanati, the spiritual heart of the world was destroyed. The, a, a famous passage in the Medrash and Eicha that we mentioned, which is sort of alluded to in the Svarno, where he quotes, quotes the Pasuk about it, which is where it says, Kimcha where they came, the Vuchadnetzar came to destroy the Beis Hamikdash, and he marveled at his power that he was able to destroy the house of God, and he was told that what he had destroyed, what he ground up, was something which was already flour that was already ground. Meaning that the destruction was already there because it wasn't the house of God anymore. If people had acted in a way that violated and corrupted the Kedusha of the place. The Sforno speaks in a more practical vein. And he says the earth was on the path to destruction. After all, if there's immorality... So the whole family structure is destroyed. Nobody knows who anybody's father is. There are no family, familial bonds. That was destroyed. If there was idol worship, as we're going to come to shortly, so then, again, there's no proper faith. There's no system of belief. Again, the world is destroyed. And if there is chamas, if there's theft, and people are harming each other and taking advantage of each other, not respecting other people's rights and their property and so on and so forth, so then that, of course, also is a world which is headed to destruction. So it's true that the, the, the flood was the final hammer blow, but the world was ready, already on the way. It was tishaches. It was on the path towards destruction. So those are some of the things which we talked about last week. And at the end last week, I wanted to zero back in with you on a Rashi, which we're going to focus in on today, and which is going to be the, 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 the thrust of our discussion today. is a phrase which is said, and the world was corrupted before God. Rashi says, what does this mean? This is a term for erva, for immorality, and avodazar, an idol worship. And erva, Rashi doesn't bring a proof for, but the Medrash says, as it's going to say in the next Pasuk, because all flesh corrupted their way on the earth, and both the illusion to flesh and the illusion to darko, which is a euphemism often for the physical relationship, right? both imply that that hashchasa is erva, immorality. And then Rashi brings as well, and there's a pasuk in, in Parshas Devarim, in, in Parshas lest you corrupt and you make for yourself images of any kind. So you see there that Avodah is referred to as Hashchasa, as referred to as corruption. So this is referring to both Erva and Avodah Zara, and of course, the earth became filled with Hamas. Hamas is Gezel, Hamas is theft. So, um, so the, the question is, what does this mean? That the term corruption slash destruction is a reference to Erva and So let's, uh, let's learn for a drop what the morale of Prague says over here in his Gwar'arye commentary on Rashi. He says, it appears <clears throat> that um, that which is only called hashchosa, or that which the term hashchosa, let me say more correctly, that which the term hashchosa is reserved for erva, immorality, and avedazara, and all idol worship, because the Yetzirah, the negative inclination, 
that seduces and draws a person to do bad is for these specific things. Because there is a Yetzara for Arayis, for immorality, and there is a Yetzara for Avodazara, for idol worship. Like we have in Masechus Yuma and Perak Chelek, and as we mentioned last week, and as our Hardman points out in his footnotes, it's not actually in Perak Chelek, it's in Masechus Sanhedrin, that's Son of Dalit, not in Perak Chelek. What's that, uh, what's that idea? So that's the famous Gemara that we mentioned again briefly last week, where the Gemara tells the story about the days of the Anshei Knesset HaGol, that as the second base Amidosh was being rebuilt, they were worried about history repeating itself. And so they prayed with all their hearts to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he should take away the Yetzir Harat. Right? We don't want it. We don't want the reward for overcoming it. This is the thing which destroyed the Beis Hamikdash and the, destroyed the Tzadikim and destroyed everything. The stories of the Yetzir Harat for Avodah Zarah that undid things in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. So the, the Gemara says dramatically that the Yetzirah of Edezarek came out of the Holy of Holies like a fiery lion that captured it. They, 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 they nabbed it. And the Yetzirah of Edezarek is not around anymore. Does anybody here have a Yetzirah of Edezarek? Please, raise your hand. Register on the chat. Oh! Uh-oh. Sandy. Um, um, right? My Rebbe Zephem Udrachar of Ewanger used to say, that we don't understand it. He said, if we still had the Yetzirah, there would be more bummers, there would be more altars on Rises Town Road than gas stations. That's what he used to say. And when I was little, so, so, um, so prevalent and so compelling that, uh, that people wanted it very, very badly. And then they said, hey, wow, we scored a success. We destroy the Yetzirah for Avodah We don't feel that urge anymore. Well, there's another Yetzirah that has a tendency to do us in. And that Yetzirah is the Yetzirah for... There's another Yetzirah that has a tendency to do us in. And that Yetzirah is the Yetzirah for... For... Um, uh, immorality for, for, for physical relationships. So let's try to get rid of that one too. And they daven and they daven and HaKadosh Baruch Hu delivered that to, to them as well. But then, within a couple of days, when they couldn't get fresh eggs, they realized that the Yetzir Afer Avedizorah will pl- plays into the general movement of the reproductive systems of all that's there in the world, people, animals, and if they close down the Yetzirah for, for Arias, I should say rather, that that plays into that, that there would be no uh, maintenance of the world in that way. And so they needed to have it. They needed to have it for the world to keep going around. So it came back, and it was just tempered a little bit, that people, normal healthy people, don't have a desire for an incestuous relationship. The Migra Bikrevase that the person doesn't, uh, isn't interested in their, in their relatives. So those, in that Gemara, the presentation is that there are two primary Yitzrei Hora. There are two primary negative inclinations. One is for idol worship, and the other one is for immorality. Two primary drives, one for idol worship, one for immorality. And so, says the Maharal, Let's now continue. And in a number of places it says that there are two drives. And it is because the negative inclination is for these two things specifically that these two things are called hashchosa, destruction. Somebody who is drawn to something which is bad, well, that's destruction, because bad equals destruction. 
He went after the bad inclination. He became bad. In other words, the Yetzirah draws the person towards Ra, towards that which is bad. And bad is has no existence. Bad is destruction. The Oid, and furthermore, note, Ki HaMashchis, the destructive force in the world is the Yetzer Hora. And he quotes a part of a Gemara in Bava Basra, which says that the Avod of the Yetzer is, first he gets you to sin, then he goes before the Rabbanu Shalom to tell him that you did, and then he comes down and carries out the act of punishment as a result, the angel of death. So therefore you can understand that if there are two Averis that are primary with regard to the Yetzirah, and these are Avaydazara and Arayas, these are the two biggies that a person is driven to have the Yetzirah for, and the Yetzirah is ultimately the destructive force that's in the world, so these Averis must be Hashchosa, these Averis must be destruction. That's the way he puts these things together. So that's what we mentioned last week. And we also sort of tried to roll it out in a, as something to think about, as a question for. How's that? Because when we think, uh, when we think about, uh, about, um, When we think about the big Averis, the big destructive Averis, we actually think about three categories. And the three categories are Giliarayus, immorality, which we have over here, Erva, Shvichus Domim, murder, which is not on the list, and Avedazar, and idol worship. And we say that, why? Because those are the three big Averis regarding which we say that a person, Yehoreg Val Yavor, he should die rather than transgressing them, which of course is an indication of the fact that they represent the ultimate destructive force in the world. While normally with Averis we say that, you know, v'chaibohem, a person has to keep themselves going, they have to keep the world going, and they would even give up a mitzvah because mitzvahs are to keep the world going, but not when the mitzvah causes destruction, causes the person to lose life. However, there are three Averis regarding which we say a person should give up their life rather than commit them, which means that they're not preserving anything if they keep them, because they are the ultimate acts of destruction. And there are three of them. Two of them are represented here. There's a third which isn't represented in this Rashi as Hashchasa. The third is Shvichus Dam in murder. Murder is the interpersonal harm. And it is true, however, we note, however, that the Pusik continues and says that there's Vatimolihoretz the land became filled with theft. And theft is interpersonal harm. So it's not called Hashchasa, it's not called destruction for whatever reason. Only Erva and Avodazara get that term. But it is called, it is something which contributes to the destruction of the world. And in fact, it's, um, it's more than it contributes to the destruction of the world. It is, uh, it is uh, the ultimate reason why this world of the time of Noach was destroyed. Because remember, we say, as we're going to say, Rashi, we, we quoted it already many times and we all know it, that after all is said and done, it says, When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm destroying the world, it's because of the Hamas. Not because of the Erva, not because of the Avedazara, but because of the Hamas. Case in point, of course, the, the, the thing which, which indicates this the strongest is that at the end of our Parsha, of Parsha's Noach, we have the story of the Dar HaFloga, of the Tower of Bavel, and Rashi brings there, I don't understand, Hashem didn't even destroy that world. He just shuffled, reshuffled the deck. He just spread them out over the land and mixed up their languages. 
they were waging war against God, the way Chazal say it. They were building that tower to go and fight with Hashem. How could you say that, that they did less than the Dor HaMabu? Like, what's going on? And Rashi says they indeed did, because God because peace between people is a, is, is, a, is a critical thing. Peace between people is a critical thing. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu salvaged the world, which was peaceful, which was the Dar HaFloga, because they went and they worked together to build this tower. They gathered together in one place. They wanted to be joined, as opposed to the Dar HaMabu, where they were stealing from each other, Kimol Chamas. And that tells you that it was this interpersonal failing that ultimately did them in, that was the most destructive to them of all. So the, 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 there's a great irony here. The, the term nishchasa, corruption, destruction, is used only for these two Averas, not for the Avera of the interpersonal harm. And, um, and yet the sin of the interpersonal harm seems to be the ultimate Avera, the one which led to the fullest uh, to the fullest destruction. So that was a question which we which we ended with and which I posed to you yesterday, not yesterday, but last week, as we were as we were uh, going on, as we were as we were learning the parsha. Now, let's uh, try to think about this together a little bit, and I want to do that by actually taking you to a different place, taking you to a Another Rashi, a Rashi that we have later in the Chumash, in Parshas Vayera, where it describes after the birth of Yitzchak that Sarah observed the son of Hagar Amitzris, otherwise known as Ishmael, for here, for some reason beyond, which maybe we'll touch upon later, she saw him at Sachik, she saw him laughing. And Sarah says famously to Avram, I want you to get rid of him. Get rid of him. I don't want him to be together with my son, with Yitzchak. The, the, um, the, uh, the, the question is, what was Yishmael doing that concerned Sarah so deeply and so greatly? And Rashi says, Mitzachek is a term for Avodah It's funny, what did I just say? Mitzachek, laughing? Hmm, okay. Um, <laughs> excuse me for one second. Okay, Mitzachek was a term for Avodah as it says, when it came to the Egel, when, it, uh, when, when, they, uh, when they worshipped the Egel, it says they went and they ate and they drank and they got up to laugh. And of course the Egel was the original sin of Avedazar of the Jewish people. Another pshat is that it's a term for arayus, for immorality. As it says, with regard to Yosef HaTzadik, when the wife of Potiphar accused him of something which he hadn't done, she said, look, this Hebrew slave came here, letzachek bi. And that, of course, was an accusation of immorality. Dovar acher, a third interpretation, is loshayn ritzicha, a term for murder. There you got all three. As it says, yakumu anu So there they, was, they, were, they were suggesting that there'd be some kind of a duel, and it was one where somebody would, would be killed. And Rashi even suggests, goes on to suggest, that the, that the murder of Yishmuel was actually directed at Yitzchak because of his fierce competition which he had with Yitzchak about the Yerusha, about the inheritance from Avram. So the, 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 in this case, we have another term, not hashchasa, but schok, but laughter. And here again, we have it a reference to these major corruptions, except here, all three are referred to directly. Directly. 
writes the Maral over here in Parshas Vayera. These three things are called laughter, because they are all deviations from the way the world need to be conducted. Tzchok, laughter, is something which is not the normal way of things. Something which is a laughing stock, which is laughable, is because it's not normal. It's not that which fits with the normal structure of the world. And the normal of the structure of the world does not include these three things. And he says, and as we know, why they are, because these three things are not fitting, <coughs> are not fitting for the way the world is able to continue. So he says as well that um, laughter is a term for something which is not real. You don't laugh, right? Something which you take seriously is something which has weight, something which has staying power. But laughter is that which is false and foolish and not, and, not, um, and not something lasting. And so here as well, we have these three terms, three averos referred to under the term of tzchay. However, and we understand, again, the, these are the three averos of Yehoreg Val Yavor. We have explained in the past and it's very, very, very important, very fundamental, also from the teachings of the Maral of Prague, that there are three pillars on which the world stands, which of course is the ultimate statement of Kiyum, of that which is meaningful and lasting. And they are Torah, Avodah, and Gemilus Chasadim. Torah, worship, and kindness. And they, each one of them has a counterpart in the three critical Averas that bring the world down, i.e., Avoda is Avoda Zara, has a counterpart as Avoda Zara. Gemilus Chasadim, kindness, has a counterpart, stealing, or let's say in the case of Noah, theft. And Torah is the counterpart of Arias. And we explained, we explained like the Maral explains, that the reason is because that's not Ben Adam Lamakom, like Avoda, between man and God. It's not Ben Adam Lachavero, like theft slash stealing. But rather, it's It's between the person and himself. What do you mean between a person and himself? As we try to develop ourselves, we have within ourselves a dynamic between the body and the soul, between our physical desires and that which our mind, that which pursues that which is true and lofty, would want to have us do. Those are the two sides of the human being. And everything we do, we're always trying to decide whether we're going to go after our physical selfish desire or whether we're going to go after our mindful, we're going to do what's right, not what's good, not what's convenient, rather, excuse me, but what's, 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 uh, what's correct, what fits our desires or what fits our values. And that's the struggle between the body, the physical desire of the body, and the intellect. And that's self-definition. That's between the person and himself, that self-definition, what prevails, what's stronger, what's going to do the trick, what's going to, to, to control in this situation. <clears throat> so the, that's the internal resolution within the person, of doing the right thing, of getting it right. So Torah stands, therefore, as the opposite of Arayus, which is the expression of desire. Those are, those are the three categories. But we have to zero in, because as the Maral pointed out, in Chazal, they speak about two primary Yitzrei Hora, and those are the Yitzrei of Arayus and the Yitzrei of Avodah They don't speak in the same way about a Yitzrei for killing, or a Yitzrei for money for somebody else, they speak about these two primary Yitzarim. A person doesn't seem to have a particular Yitzar to destroy or to harm other people. Oh, it's a very significant act. It's a destructive act. It's something which brings the world down, which destroys it. 
but it doesn't seem to be the product of a primary Yetzer. And we have to understand that. We have to understand why the Yetzer of destruction is really driven for one of these two other things. So how does it work with Arias? And how does it work with Avodah So I want to share with you something, a perspective which perhaps can help us to frame the answer to this question. In the Gemara it says, that I mentioned to you before, that when they got rid of the Yetzer of Arias, they were worried because they lost something. And that was the whole reproductive system of the world, of all the creatures in the world, shut down. We understand that there's a relationship between the desire that produces and the desire that also destroys. And that's one of the great ironies of the world, which we discussed earlier when we were learning Parshas Bereshis, that it is actually the same faculty within a human being, the same drive within a human being that can either produce the future, can produce the most unselfish giving situation of life, which is the opportunity to have children and build a family, which is what the Gemara characterizes as a life of constant giving, of constant charity. Or, of course, that same act can be an expression of lust, of selfishness, of something for oneself. It's the greatest relationship builder or the greatest relationship, heaven, heaven forbid, destroyer. The greatest exercise of narcissism, of, of selfishness. Now, the, the, the Gomorrah there speaks about a specific byproduct. And that specific byproduct is the ability to produce in the world. In, in, in Svarim, in other sources, and this is, part of this is found in the Zayar HaKadosh and the Seder Olam, in different places in Chazal, we find that with the loss, with the loss of the Yetzer Hara, of the evil inclination, we also lost certain faculties for good. What does that mean? So in the Seder Olam, which is a, which is a, a, a source which we have from Chazal that outlines a chronology of the world based on the Torah and Chazal, and it goes post-biblical, it says... It, 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 you know, and the, the Goyen of Vilna knows this, notes this, that when the Anshei Knesset Hagdola got rid of the drive for Avodah Zorah for idol worship, we lost the faculty of prophecy. Hmm. What does that mean? That idol worship is a way of trying to relate to the divine, and it's a negative way. It's trying to relate to other spiritual forces. And a person's driven to connect to spiritual forces. And if we are going to neutralize that desire to relate to spiritual forces, it will of course have ramifications for positive and welcome spiritual forces as well. You can't just shut off the bad stuff and leave the good stuff. If you shut off the faculty, it's down, it's gone. So when they lost the drive for Avedi Zorah, they lost at the same time the faculty of Nevoah. The faculty of Nevoah is the ability to see, to perceive, to connect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When they lost temporarily the drive for Erva, they also lost Chedvesa Dishmaitza. That's what it says in the Zayr HaKadosh. They lost the joy of the words of Torah. Everyone here knows that we have Shir Hashirim, we just laid it on Pesach, the Song of Songs, which is about the relationship between Kal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And it's understood, despite the fact that we read it on Pesach and not on Shavuos, that the essence of Shir Hashirim is the relationship of the Jew to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through Torah. The bracha that we make on Torah is the bracha of Avarabah, the bracha of love. In the paragraph, it's a paragraph about learning Torah. How do you express Ava, love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu through this? The first words of Shir Hashirim, he will kiss me by the kisses of his mouth, 
Chazal say, the Targum says, Pel Pe'adaberba, where HaKadosh Baruch Hu spoke to us, mouth to mouth, he spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, he spoke to the Jewish people at Harsinai. That was the kiss from HaKadosh Baruch So there's always a positive thing that's the flip side of that same faculty. We have a faculty of spirituality. The more driven it is, the more it will seek spirituality, correct or incorrect, true or false. Avodas Hashem, Nevuah, or Avodah Zorah, or idol worship. We have a faculty for connection, and that faculty for connection can be expressed either in the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, through the words of Taira, or through the pursuit of connections with people, which is ultimately the drive of erva in a certain sense. But one second, that's not true. The drive of erva isn't a drive for connection for people. It's a drive of lust. Lust is self-fulfilling. It's not about giving. It's about self-fulfillment somehow within that act of relationship. You know, when it comes to Tyra, we speak about the worthy learning of Torah and the very unworthy learning of Torah. There's such a thing as Torah, which isn't lishma, which isn't for its sake. It means a person's learning, they want to have honor from it, and so on and so forth. But then there's a learning of Torah, which we say is not for its sake, and it's downright negative. The Gemara uses very strong terminology, and it says a person who studies Torah not for its sake, it would have been better if he hadn't been born. If the afterbirth would have suffocated him, heaven forbid. So Rashi, Tosfos both explain that the idea is that there's such a thing as a benign shaloy lishma. The person wants to be knowledgeable in Torah. They want to know God's word, but they want to do it because they feel that it will give them honor. So they haven't transcended themselves yet, but they're still there to study and to get the word of Hashem. The one that we say is horrible and shouldn't have existence is the person who's studying the Torah in order to argue with the Torah. Meaning that he doesn't really want to absorb the learning of the Torah. It's not even really the act of learning. It's not that they want to relate to the word of Hashem in any way taking it to themselves, connecting to it. Instead, they want to use the word of Hashem they want to learn it in order to bring it down, in order to destroy it. <clears throat> when it comes to Avodah Zarah, idol worship, how's Avodah Zarah different than Avodah Hashem? How's idol worship different than the service of Hashem? Sorry, guy, wrong God, right? That would be, that, that would be one way for a person to see it, <clears throat> to, to, to see it for the person, a wrong God. You got the wrong one, you know, the basic idea. You wanted to be religious, you wanted to serve God, but um, you, got the wrong, you got the wrong one. My Rabbi Ramesha Shapir used to see it as something which was, uh, see it completely differently. That Avaida Zora was where the person is worshipping God for their purposes. Whereas Avaida Hashem is where the person is worshipping God, trying to serve God for his purposes. Avaida Zora is where a person says, you know something, what can I do? God is in control of the world. And therefore, for me to have what I need to have, I better serve him. So am I serving him or am I serving myself? Serving myself, it's just that the vehicle to get what I need goes through the Rabbanshom, goes through God. Avodas Hashem is where the person wants to dedicate everything that they have for the sake of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In a certain sense, what we have, therefore, is that the difference between Torah and Avodah, both of them are relationships to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as we well understand. But in the case of worship, 
We're trying to give of ourselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the case of Torah, in the case of Torah, we're trying to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu to ourselves. And we're doing it not because it's self-serving, but because we realize it's the loftiest and the greatest to bring the wisdom, to make that part of ourselves, to make ourselves driven by HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom. Framed this way, they are both the very opposite <clears throat> of anything which would be good for anybody else. The ideas of Bein Adam Lachavero, of the interpersonal, yes, they could ultimately express themselves in murder, in stealing, or hopefully in the other end, in Gemilus Chasadim, in acts of loving kindness towards others. However, at the core of it, you know, the starting point for it, is neither. It's, um, the start, starting point for all of it is whether the person is going to be self-centered or whether the person is able to see outside of themselves. And so at the core of Aveda, of the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the ability to recognize the Rabbonu Shalom outside of ourselves. At the core of the word of Torah, yeah, the Shira Shirim, the ultimate relationship, is engaging with the word of Hashem, with Ava. Yes, on one level we could see it as the exercise of the Seichel, of the intellect, over that of base desire. On the one hand, yes, that's what it is. But on another hand, <clears throat> on another hand, it's really, really, really trying to gain a wisdom which to some degree is from outside of ourselves and to welcome it and to embrace it and to engage like, you know, that way in, a, in, a, in, in the deepest and significant, most significant sense. And that's why the Yetzer Hora, which the Yetzer Hora, what is Yetzer Hora? Yetzirah is the destructive force. The Yetzirah is that which does not allow the person to engage, to relate with anything else. We can bring a bit of an indication of this, something which we discussed before Pesach a little bit, where we explain that the term Ra is remarkably connected to the word Rea, a rea friend comes from the same term as ra. It's remarkable. It's the very opposite. Friendship is about someone who wants to pursue good for you. Right? Avak I mean, I'm crunching the pasuk a little bit, but you understand that the rea is the one who wants good for the other person. And a term means always something, and it's opposite. Rea, as Rav Hutner explained, can mean broken apart, ra'ua, because reus is connection, and ra'ua is when something breaks apart. The Yetzer Hara is that which divides, which separates. The Yetzer Hara's first seduction of Adam Arishon was to tell him that HaKadosh Baruch Hu didn't want to give to him, but he wanted to limit him, didn't want to share. He's holding you back from that tree because it's the greatest tree in the world. When you eat from it, you'll become like God himself. The, the, um, the, uh, the Yetzer Hara, as a result of the Yetzer Hara, the very eyes and views of people changed, remember? Their eyes were opened to see that which was lustful and desirous. And their eyes were closed, as we've discussed many times, from being able to see Hashem at that point in time. As soon as they ate from the Tree of Knowledge, as soon as they followed the Sat and the Yetzer they couldn't see Hashem anymore. They only heard the voice of Hashem coming through the garden. A Navi is someone who's 
supposed to be able to see and be able to perceive Hashem. But the more the world of the person shrinks to a world of themselves, the less they have the capacity to do that, to see that, to see something which is in that way beyond themselves. What destroyed the world ultimately was that it was a world of selfishness. The world became filled with corruption, with theft. In certain Midrashim, it speaks about the murder that happened there in the Dora flood. We don't have to look so hard for it. We understand theft is harming one another, and one thing leads to another. This is the world, again, of course, the greatest destruction of the Mabel was visited upon all the descendants of Cain, the original murderer, who did something negative towards another, murdered his, murdered his brother, murdered his own flesh and blood. That's where it ends up. But it begins with Hashchasa. Hashchasa is that which the Yetzirah drives us towards. And there's a Hashchasa Vavayda where we stop seeing the giving God who wants to give, who wants to grant, and therefore we want to give to Him in return, to give over of ourselves to serve Him. And instead we just see it as something that's for us. And the word of Torah, to gain, to gain, instead of just using my own opinion, but to gain and to build out and to learn and to get into myself from the holy and delicious words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom, the selfless words of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom that will drive us instead of the mundane, simple desires that drive us instead. That's hashchasa. That's destruction. Avedazara, Gili Arayas, Tzchok, are all the things that don't last. But perhaps at the root of the, of the, uh, of the Yetzer is that which alters specifically the relationship between man and God, not between man and man. That which created the world was God. That which connects the person to continued existence is God. If you're attached to Hashem, you're alive today. You stay alive. You continue to be alive. It is Avodazara's failure and the Arayus failure, which are specifically the diversions of the person from relationship to the Rabboni Shalom of Torah and Avodah, perhaps, that leads to to all destruction. I'm sorry if I'm expressing things in a little bit more of a vague manner than usual. I hope it's clear. But um, this is the essence of the idea that I wanted to share with you today. And Mir Tashem, it's something which hopefully at some point in the future we will revisit. But before we conclude, I want to point out to you something which is, uh, which is significant and striking. <clears throat> and that is that there's a Parsha. I don't remember if we mentioned it last week or not, but um, there's a Parsha of uh, tzitzis, which we say every uh, every day as part of Kriyashma. We just said it as part of the of the of the davening. And in that parsha, we have a mitzvah The tzitzis should prevent you from straying after your <clears throat> after your heart and uh, and uh, and uh, and after your eyes. And what do we say? <coughs> After your hearts. What does that refer to? That refers to minus, heresy. And After your eyes refers to desire, arayas. Don't stray after your heart and after your eyes. So we have there again those two yitzarim, like the Maral Tadas. The Gemara speaks about two desires. The desire for idol worship and the desire for erva, for immorality. And those two are there, hedged by What's so significant about that Pasuk? You know, and I see Aryeh's here, 
there are six constant mitzvahs. Right? Rav Noach Weinberg, Zechariah used to batter away at the six constant mitzvahs. My Rebbe, who was Rav Yaakov Weinberg, Rav Noach's older brother, Rav Noach considered him his Rebbe as well, used to say to us always, not always, but he said to us, that um, there are 613 mitzvahs, but there are six constant mitzvahs. What does it mean to be a constant mitzvah? It doesn't mean that oh, this one's seven days a week, 24 hours a day, as opposed to the other one, which is only on Shabbos, or only in the morning, or only at night. No. There are mitzvahs about what you have to do, but the mitzvahs which are constant are mitzvahs about what you have to be. So what are those six constant mitzvahs? The first one is emuna in Hashem. Anaychi Hashem alekecha, belief in, the one, in, in God. The second one is the prohibition of Avedizar, liyelach alim achem the third is belief in the unity of Hashem. The fourth is the love of Hashem. And the fifth is the fear of Hashem. Okay, you got it so far? Belief in Hashem, not giving any credence to other gods. Belief in the unity of Hashem, love of Hashem, and fear of Hashem. That's five. What's the sixth mitzvah that's constant? Do not stray after your heart and after your eyes. That's the mitzvah of who you are. Stealing or murder is not one of the constant mitzvahs, although you're never supposed to do it. Who you are is what drives you. We read at the end of Parshas Bereshis, The drives of the hearts of man were just bad all of the time. Those were the drives of the hearts of man. That was the diagnosis of the failure of the time. It was a generation of sasuru achrei levavchem achrei nechem, that they followed after their heart and after their eyes. They followed after these drives. That's the destruction. That's the hashchasa. Oh, it expressed itself in seeing how therefore people interacted with each other. But the core, the beginning of it, was in this. The way we serve Hashem and the way we seek His word are the ultimate in a certain sense of who we are. It's not an amuna outside. That's the outline of the ideas I wanted to share with you. Um, maybe Mir Tashem at some point will build it out a little bit further. Next week, Mir Tashem will continue with the next pasuk, which of course continues this to some degree. That's what I wanted to share with you today. I hope you have a wonderful day. And